listeners, we're back for season two. I am so excited to announce. I actually have two guests on for this episode. I have Darren and Jordan, who are the hosts of Just Different Podcasts. I've been stalking them on Instagram and listening to their podcasts, and they are doing awesome things for the kingdom and just helping people think through the things that are happening in faith and culture and in life. Um, So why don't you guys introduce yourself, kind of talk about what life stage you're in, and then we will dive into our topic today on identity. Okay, so uh, like she said, we are just different. I am Jordan, also go at Starks Artist, and this is Darren, my brother right here. Um, in our podcast, our whole motto is sort of just like everything faith, life, and culture. Um, and we're just, to sum it up, we're just two young men trying to be open about our faith and hoping it's helping others with theirs. Um, and as of like the, the life stage I'm in right now, I'm sort of in like a season of preparation right now going into um, this next year. I feel a heavy anticipation in my spirit for what's God, what God is doing. And I feel like I'm going through a season of preparation right now, if I had to put a word on it. Mm. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like my brother, you know, just said, my name is Darren, Darren Starks. Uh, the other half are just different. And right now I would say that I'm in a season of, sounds really general, but like heavy transition. And so mm. right now, like trusting the Lord in, you know, something that I may not understand or I've ever seen before is kind of the place where I'm at right now. You know, I'm a college student going into the second semester of my sophomore year, um, so I'm super excited to see, you know, what this year has to bring. Yeah. They, I mean, thank you guys. I mean, I know you guys are in school. You're doing a podcast. You're doing so much. And so thank you for taking time to, to sit down and have a conversation with me. Of I'm course. very, very excited. Um, so let's dive into this topic. It's kind of very broad and there's so many directions we could probably take this but um we are talking about identity and the kind of like identity crisis and this is something that's been sort of top of mind in my heart recently um just been listening to sermons about it diving into scripture about um who we actually are and how we live our lives into that identity and how there's so many voices out there especially as young adults like stepping into your 20s you are like trying to form who you are as an adult and you're like balancing all these things and I think um, a core fundamental to 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 building your life and building your worldview and your identity is understanding who you are and so um, let's kind of dive into to this uh, to this topic so I just want to start off with um, my first question here is like where where are some common sources that people tend to try to find their identities like what I mean maybe things that you guys have have dove into with your own life or you've seen your friends kind of go into um and kind of what have been you know the repercussions of finding your identity maybe in in the wrong in the wrong source i think i've noticed um a common place that people go to to try to anchor their identity in even something i've struggled with is their calling and they idolize their calling and their gifts and i think there's a difference between like what you do for god and who he is to you and i think that even for me i was in a season of um I was idolizing my gift, and instead of, you know, waking up and praying or seeking God or reading my word, I would go, for I do music, so I'd go and I'd make a beat, or I'd go and I'd write a song, and I realized, like, oh, like, this isn't what you should be doing, like, you should be rooting, like, who you are in God, not in your gifts. So I think that's a, mm-hmm. that's a main thing that I've seen a lot in a lot of other people as well, and I think that's a dangerous thing, because I feel like it's, it's, how do I want to word that? It's like the closest you'd get to God, because it's what mm-hmm. God created you to do, but it's not aside from him. So it's like you'll get a little bit of fulfillment in it, but you still feel like there's a little bit of something missing. So I think there's there's danger in that as well. But, um, yeah, I think that's something I've noticed with 
No, yeah, and to add to that, I think um, a part of what he's the sentiment he's trying to express would also be you're idolizing who, what God's called you to instead of who he says you are. Mm. And so I think that's one of the biggest things that some people can get caught up in. It's like the position of being a minister, being a pastor, being the CEO, being the uh, captain of the team, um, you know, being the valedictorian, whatever it is, you know, we can find our identity and our purpose and our self-worth and our accomplishments and things we've obtained and positions that we now hold instead of on the word of God and what he's called, what, what he's called us, you know. And so I would also say that just to piggyback on what he said. And another thing is, I think a lot of us, you know, I struggle with this, but our identity, the identity we get from other people, mm. you know, um, from what culture says about us. Because I believe that, you know, who you are is directly tied to who you believe, not mm. what you believe. And so I think that whenever you're going, you know, to this transition of life in your early 20s, it's all about, you know, the voice you're connected to the most. Who are you going to submit to? It's going to be your parents, your peers, your acquaintances, your um, your family, your guidance counselor, your uh, boss, whoever it is, uh, your spouse, your significant other. Um, it's all about who you're listening to and the, the voice that's the strongest in your life, feeding your identity. And so, yeah, I would definitely say that accomplishments, uh, positions, and also people, which I think, you know, we've kind of all been there before. Yeah. Yeah. It's so easy. Like, you know, the people that are surrounding you and like, it, it was kind of a wake up call for me in my own life is like, who am I giving the most like value in my life and like importance? Like, and it's not necessarily a bad thing, obviously, to value your friends and, and your parents and, you know, your superiors, but it's like, who am I truly going to give like the ultimate value to in my life and that's who gets to like define who I am and I think Tim Keller says it so well when you're talking about achievement is that your identity is received not achieved and it's Mm. like this idea I'm a three on the Enneagram so I'm always struggling with like my value is in what I do like I need to do if I'm not doing who am I what's happening and I think God's really been breaking down that idea like that you guys are talking about is like being a human being loved valued and cherished versus like Mm -hmm. a human doing and like trying to like prove to yourself something or prove to other people something that because that's what the world says right it's like you are valued if you're successful if you're attractive if you're you know whatever the 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 fad is you know this Mm because it never lasts like the definitions of what we we deem valuable as a as a culture is always shifting um and so that's why I think it's so dangerous to try to find your value in anything other than the security of like of God, because the you know culture is always like fluctuating and changing, and um, one thing could be valuable one day and the next it changes. So it's just like super dangerous. Yeah, but yeah, that's like to- I mean, there's so many things we could talk about of like you know finding um, your value. And I think another thing I was thinking about too um, is like we can find our identity in maybe like what has happened to us or our circumstances or our situations and that's really hard like mm-hmm. like I remember um hearing a sermon and they were saying that like you are not what has happened to you or is happening to you like so yeah. like not letting your like, yeah like what do you guys think about that like not letting your circumstances or your situation de- define who you are either no of course that's crazy because that was one that I had on my list um I had people accomplishments and your past mm-hmm. um that's the season I'm currently getting out of. Um, it's the fact that I'm not letting, allowing my past mistakes and or things that have happened to me define what God's calling me to um, or who I currently am. Because I think that's mm-hmm. what can happen, especially if it's 
maybe even if it's a negative experience, you're allowing like shame, condemnation, disappointment, self-doubt, um, insecurity from what took place, from what you did or what happened to you become the totality of who you are and what you feel is next um, for your life. You know, I think that sometimes people can look at the future through the lens of their past and, you know, when you're there, that's, you know, can be like a dangerous place. And so I would definitely say that can be um, something that can, you know, be a huge part of what you identify with. Because I know, like, I'm kind of, like, still walking out that process right now. Yeah, and I 100% agree. I think I heard it like this one time. It was, like, just speaking on the, the topic of dwelling on the past and rooting, like, your identity in what you've been through. I heard someone say one time, you can't be looking towards the future and the past at the same time. You can't be looking at two directions mm-hmm. at the same time. So I think when you do that and you're rooting that in the past, you're keeping God from trying to, like, affect your future. So, yeah, I 100% agree with you guys saying. I think 100%, yeah. You know, and God, he is, you know, the, I mean, the Bible's very clear that, I mean, his mercies are new every morning. Yeah. And that he casts mm-hmm. your sin as far as the east is from the uh, the west and i find that so Mm -hmm. comforting and so amazing and unfathomable that like a god who knows everything sees all knows all still decides to forget (laughs) and so if he can then we have the ability to as well you know and not to reflect on our past just to not dwell there um because if we do that then we can't step into what's next and so Yeah. yeah Yeah, that's good. I think that's, that's like that's like that's like a huge tactic of the enemy is to like dangle your sins in front of your face when you're trying to move forward. And I know this past like 2021 wasn't like my finest year. Like I went through some stuff, and I think, like you said, as you're trying to like grow and move forward, the one thing that kept like holding me back, even from doing something like a podcast or like just trying to be creative or step into whatever your purpose is or or step into a role of leadership, you know, at church or whatever it's always like, but remember you did this or like this, like this is who you are because you did this. And then it's like, God put this picture in in my mind of like, when an artist like makes a painting, they have like the intention of like, this is, this is why I created this. Like they get to define it. Like others can put their opinions. They can have interpretations of it as they, if they go to a museum, look at, look at this picture. Mm -hmm. But the person who actually gets to like define what this piece means and its value and what it is, is the person who made it. And I was like, that's such a good reminder of like, it's not like this sin he's dangling in front of you. It's like, he is the artist who's created you. And like, you need to constantly remind yourself of that. And it's so, so hard. It's a constant, constant battle. Yeah. hundred percent. Um, okay. So, um, so yeah, there's like so many, you know, wrong sources that we could try to find our identity mm-hmm. but why do you think like what is the connection between like identity and self-worth and like why is it important to get this right in understanding what your identity is um well i remember i said like this one time on our podcast episodes i said when you know your definition their labels hold no weight but if that's true mm-hmm. then at the same time if you don't know your definition then their labels will create it for you so i think that's why it's important to be rooted in what god says about you because like you said earlier which is a really good point the only thing that can define a creation is a creator. So, um, like I said, if if you don't know your definition, their labels will pull you every which way. So, like, what they say about you will become your definition. So, I think that's why it's really important for you to be rooted in what God says about you. Because, like like I said, or like you said earlier, the culture, like, it's it's here one day, here, here the next. Like, it'll pull yeah. you every which way, and you don't want to live that type of life. So, you have to know and be rooted in what God says about you. Yeah, and I yeah. think that um, when you're talking about, like, this connection between identity and self-worth, it's it comes down to, you know, what we're kind of recurring thing about what we've been speaking on is the fact that where is your identity rooted? 
And, you know, when you have confidence in where your foundation is, then that's going to ultimately tie into your self-worth. And so when I know that, you know, when the Bible says that I'm an image bearer of God and I'm also, you know, the head and not the tail and that he has a future for me, when I'm rooted in something that I have complete faith and confidence in, that I'm going to have a very different um, worth about myself and how I you know, conduct my day to day when I walk in my purpose, how I even uh, respond to other people. So, you know, where my identity is, if it's a firm foundation, if it's something that I know I can hang my hat on and something that's going to, you know, be solidified um, and not be wavering, I know that, you know, then I could, that, that directly ties into like the worth I have about myself, like how significant I see myself, my purpose, who I am, how I walk out my day to day and even my time. And so, that's why I think it's so important because it really affects everything that you do in life um, mm-hmm. in terms of like this connection between the two. And so it's something that you definitely have to, you know, be very diligent about like seeking and finding and, you know, making sure it's solidified in something that um, won't ever fail. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's so powerful. What, like what you believe about yourself dictates how you live your life. Mm-hmm. Essentially. Like if we like boil down to like, like this point here, And I think, yeah, just like even thinking about like the different contexts of your life that this plays out. Like, for example, if you're talking about dating or in marriage, like I know a lot of people are in that season, like in their early 20s and stuff. And it's like, you know, I've I've heard it said that you kind of like date where you feel like your like your value is at. So like if you're like dating these really crappy guys of like, well, then am I really valuing myself and seeing Mm -hmm. myself as a daughter of the king? Versus like, well, this is as good as I'm going to get because I feel like, you know, and it's like it really like practically, I think this conversation is so important because it really, like you're saying, it really does play out in these like important practical mm-hmm. role, like aspects of your life that could impact your life for a long time and cause a lot of damage. But obviously there's grace and healing. But I think, yeah, that's why it's so important to think about this stuff and, and know your worth. And I think the culture, there's I, there's like this pendulum, I feel like on one side it's like, these like I don't know if you guys have seen like these videos on like TikTok and stuff. It's like the self love movement of like you can do anything if you believe in yourself and like oh, yeah. you're the best. And it's like all this like self like you're trying to you're frantically trying to convince yourself that like you're the best. Mm. You got this. Just focus on yourself. And then it's like this um, other side of like oh woe is me. I'm worthless. Like I don't know who I am. I'm just gonna let everyone you know rule over my life and define yeah. me and stuff. And it's like there's no like. If you look to the culture, it's, like, hopeless. There's, like, no answer. Exactly. and it's Or there's too many answers. And it's, like, overwhelming. And I think that's why so many people in our generation are, like, anxious and <laughs> depressed. Like, because, the, the, like, that's so much power to, like, give someone. It's, like, you define who you are. Like, right. you get to create who you are. Like, that's a lot of power and pressure we were never meant to carry or have. And, like, even the thought of that. Like, if I didn't have the Lord, I would be, like, overwhelmed yeah. of just, like... Like, who am I? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, definitely. Um, yeah. So l- talking about that being tied to self-worth. So like, why do you think like so many people sort of have these identity crises and like self-worth issues like at this age? I mean, I know like it's not just in your early adulthood or in your 20s, but I do think it is like kind of prime time of like sorting out who you are and stuff. But why do you think so many people go through identity crises at this age? No, I would say um, something that I kind of thought about even before the podcast. I think that especially, I mean, all of humanity, all creative beings, I think everyone's looking for definition, but I think they're just looking for it in the wrong places. 
So when you think about, you know, stepping into this transition of life, particularly like, you know, when you are a young adult and you're 20, um, everyone's searching for like this big question of life, who am I? You know, I think that's like embedded in every heart, whether you consciously like recognize that or not, like everyone is seeking for that in everything that they do. Um, And I think like we're wanting, I think we're wanting a solid foundation to depend on, but we keep settling for sinking sand. Mm. Mm. Um, And so I think everyone is looking for that comfort and looking for something, yo, that I can depend on. Because like you said, like if I'm looking toward the culture, people know this, like everything's like here one day, gone tomorrow, right? You know, I even see it. You see it in your family, your peers and your acquaintances. As much as you love them, you cherish them, you care for them. You understand that they can't be the thing that you hang your life on Mm. because they'll fail too. They're human just like you are. And so then I think sometimes we run to what we see um, or feel is most comfortable um, you know, when you're stepping into like this young adulthood, I know for me personally, you like move out of the state of security, you know, like when you, especially when you go off to college, when you're turning 18 around that time, like a lot of the security of what you once knew, you know, you're kind of like sheltered a bit, like by your household, yeah. by the values of your parents and, you know, your, your inner circle and your immediate family. But, you know, once you step outside that, it's like, oh, that's lost. Exactly. And you have to find like a lot of these things for yourself, um, and like figure it out like you know day day by day and so yeah i would i would just kind of like mention that and say that i think everyone's just looking for this definition but it may not be you know what i mean in the best way that they know how yeah and i think you even make a good point when you're talking about how like when you're younger and going through high school like there's a sense of security mm. and how and mm. i've even noticed i feel like when you're younger these people who are ser- searching for that thing to fill that void inside of them and to root their identity in there's sort of like more options, I guess you could say. Like, for example, like when you're in high school, it's easy to get a, se- a sense of identity from like a sport team you're on or the yeah. popularity you have or a club you're in or the friend you have. And I think that once you get out of that, like high school and then college, it's like when all that's gone, it's like people are really sitting with the weight of I don't know who I am because they've been rooting themselves in all of these different options, all these different things. And then when all that's gone, it's like, dang, what am I left with? Like, who am I? Exactly. So, and like the direction that I believe people get and or like state claim to is the direction that is like default right so like for example um you know in in high school more or less like if i'm going through college i know okay i'm a freshman next year i'm going to be a sophomore right like i have advisors and things around me that are Mm kind of like pushing me okay like i think you would like this based on you know what i've seen or a few interactions i think you know this career path would be great right then okay i know i have a junior year okay i think this internship would work well yeah oh that Mm -hmm. sounds great okay you just kind of like go you just kind of go through life and letting it take you Mm -hmm. any way it wants instead of like you you know deciding that for yourself and Mm -hmm. so you know you kind of go through the cycle and you step outside that and it's like oh Mm. so so what what what's next yeah. What's the next internship? What's that's the next good. grade? What's the next class? What's the next? And it's like, that's not it. Yeah. And so I think yeah. people struggle so much with, you know, their identity and things like that because um, what they rooted themselves in um, and what they kind of like got comfortable with, like growing up. I think we've kind of been handicapped. I think it's like a very cultural thing that's good. that we don't necessarily yeah. always have recognized. Yeah. And so when we step outside that bubble, um, you know, life kind of hits hard and you realize, oh, snap, like, I don't know if I was solidified in my faith as much as I thought I was. Yeah, I think that's a good point. I think up, it's like up to a certain point, there's like a specific set of steps that society has deemed as acceptable. And once those mm-hmm. steps have run out, it's like, dang, what now? Because society says, you know, you got high school, freshman, all these things like you're saying. And then I get to college, freshman year, sophomore year is next. 
And then when you're a senior, like, it's like, what's next? It's like all the, the steps it's, have run out. Yeah, I think yeah. that, yeah. Yeah, that's, I know, yeah, I sort of had a, com- a similar conversation when I was talking with um, this author, Kate, about life post-grad. So, like, what you guys are talking mm-hmm. about is, like, these things that you're building your identity on that we might not even be aware of, right? Like, I don't think you're really thinking too deeply, maybe, in high school sure, about it or something. Right. And then as At you all. get into college, you, like you said, it's kind of almost like you're letting this, like, this wave just kind of take you through. Like, yeah, this makes sense, so I'm just going to do it. And, like, you're not like not really building on, like, this is who I am. This is who God says I am. So then when you step out to the abyss that is post-graduation. and exactly. like Because you're all in, like, this even playing field almost. Mm-hmm. And then it's like, all right, like, I guess, do I have, like, being at this age, I'm, like, 25 now. It's like some people are married and have kids. Some people are, like, in grad school. Some people are, like, don't know what they're doing. It's like you're just confused. Yeah. And it's, like, it's really easy to feel, like I said, overwhelmed when you're out of that structure. And that's why I'm learning And God's been so gracious and patient in showing me this of like, like really pressing on my heart of like who I am and feeling this sense of freedom and release once you press into that of like, it's okay that like, I'm not doing the same thing that this other person is doing because that's not the path that God has for me. And, and because I know who I am and I can, like, I think when you know who you are, it's almost like easier to like step into your purpose and figure out what you're going to do. So, like, doing the B before the do, almost, instead of, like, doing to find the B, if that makes sense. Of course. Um, of course. Yeah. That's just, and I think that's just something, like, I guess, like, in your own lives, like, how has, like, God been, like, reminding you or showing you or helping you build that foundation of who your identity is? Like, I know you guys are both in high, like, not high school, sorry. You're both <laughs> in college. You're both in college. Um, and, and, like, you're talking about, you're, you're in this structure right now, but, like, how has God sort of been helping mold you guys in terms of understanding your identity in him? Um, one thing I think, one lesson I've, I've learned, even uh, really this, these past two years, is the fact that, you know, anything you put before God, he has to tear down. Um, and so mm-hmm. any idol, um, anything mm-hmm. that you may worship, give your devotion to, that is not him, um, or you least put above him, you know, he has to remove so I think that learning process for me being solidified in who I am and God teaching me has been, you know, really knocking these things down um, until there was nothing left. Mm. Uh, so I came to a point to where I realized, oh, he is all that I have. He is the only thing that is going to, you know, stand the test of time and like the turbulent wa- waters, like this abyss of life that you just mentioned. Um, and so that's what I would say. I think for me, that's kind of what the processes look like, you know, like through kind of different experiences, um, not even necessarily always, you know, negative, but just, you know, through learning um, in different relationships, you know, through different seasons where like, okay, maybe it was, you know, my GPA, maybe it was mm-hmm. this relationship, maybe it was the idea of my future, this job opportunity. And then realizing like at the end of the day, like, no. You know mm-hmm. what I mean? I, I am your rock. Yeah. I am the foundation. Mm-hmm. And so he's been reminding me of that kind of even through, like, these different experiences um, of me testing these things, going out on my own, and me coming back and realizing you were right. Yeah. Right. It, it was you the whole time. Yeah, and I think mm-hmm. my answer is kind of really the same. I'm just going to put it into other words. I think for me, I had to truly understand that an idol is simply anything you put before God. And um, I realized, like, I was worshiping, like, these things. Anything I was giving more time to aside from God, 
is was an idol and i was worshiping things like it's, it's simple stuff because you don't even realize it's subconscious things like netflix or things like video games mm-hmm. like simple stuff like this i was like yo and god had to really have like a sit down with me and like yo you're you're idolizing these other things and there's like so many other distractions that's keeping you from hearing my voice so i think when i um, took those steps to put those those distractions away and truly put god on the throne that's when he started to speak to me about who I truly was. When all the all the other voices subsided, all the mm-hmm. other voices were gone, I can clearly hear what he was saying about me. So I think, yeah. That's, that's yeah, and I would also say, um, I think what he's also taught me is to, like, let his word shape my world. And mm-hmm. so I think that we all have a lens in which we see life through, right? Some people see it through a conservative lens, a liberal lens, a, you know, cultural lens, a... Um, mm-hmm selfish lens a prideful lens an insecure lens whatever that is we all have these perspectives on life um, in which we approach everyday situations and how we live and so I think for me what he's been doing is shaping me in his word and you know what he said about me you know literally like in just getting into the bible you know going to verses in which he's um, solidified like okay this is who I've called you to this is the future I know that I have for you and so I think that's been the biggest thing as well it's just like you know, being intentional about hearing what he has to say, like Jordan said, and removing all distractions and all voices and all weight that may subside that or get in the way of mm-hmm. what I know that he's called, what he's called me and who he says that I am. And so, yeah, letting his word shape my world, I think is also something that's, that's like helped me. Yeah, that's really good. Yeah, it's like letting the input shape the output, right? That's mm-hmm. what's going to happen. Like yeah. what you're, what, like it sounds like what you're saying mm-hmm. is like, not that Netflix is bad, not that social media right, is bad, yeah, or right, not that right, certain people, right? But it's like, how much time exactly. am I letting it? Because sometimes I feel like I sit with that stuff and I'm like, I don't even realize that it is shaping like right. how I see myself or what I'm like investing my time in. And like, yeah, it's like existing within that like unhurried, like quiet with the Lord mm. of like. I mean, he talks about, like, meditating on his word and, like, yeah, thinking about this stuff. And it's like, oh, that makes sense because that actually does shape, like, <laughs> how I see myself and stuff. And so, like, I guess we can sort of maybe, like, toward the end of this episode here, we can maybe talk about what, like, what does God say that we are? Like, wh- like what does scripture talk about? Like, what have been some things that you have found in your time with the Lord and what he's been reminding you of, of like, who the heck are we? Like, who does he say that we are and how do we live into that? Oh, I think, uh, I think some, some certain like scriptures or things that I've seen in the Bible that sort of helped me, uh, stay rooted in that is he says things like, we are the head and not the tail. We are above and not beneath. Anytime I feel like I'm too overwhelmed or there's a lot going on in life, I sort of like, that's, those are like big big ones that I go to um but I think like the dilemma with that is like even kind of going back to what we were talking about earlier is like that truth is only as strong as like how how much you believe it so it's really mm-hmm. just understanding that I need to believe that what he says about me is true like that I am the head and, and not to tell that I am above and not beneath so yeah I think those those are a couple of things that I think I lean on a lot that are from scripture so no of course not. I'd also say that what like in terms of like scripture wise I really always point to um and we had kind of had a conversation uh, before this, just like exchanging notes back and forth, but mm-hmm. um, particular like phrases and titles that he's giving us, giving mm-hmm. us. So like, like I mentioned earlier in this um, in this conversation, like image bearer, which I think is huge. Mm-hmm. And when you think about when he calls us um, his righteousness, like yeah. his body, his bride, his his uh, son, which is a position. 
Um, not like to be gender, like it's not gender pers- specific, right. but in the Bible it's a position. Right. And so once you understand your position with him and your relationship, then that changes everything, right? So if I'm a son, I know that what he is a father. Yeah. And so this mm-hmm. relationship is one of what it should be, one of grace, of um, mercy, of someone that I know wants the best for me and out of my life. And if I'm an image bearer, that means that his character is ultimately like reflected in mine. And so like his love and his creativity, um, his steadfastness can all be something I can tap into through his spirit, the fruits of the spirit, mm-hmm. right? And when he calls me, righteous right i know that what he did on the cross what he died for ultimately cleansed me so i could have a path to heaven and so um that's what i usually always focus on when i look at the bible and things like that because just holding firm to like these these titles that that we have right that's giving you like a lot more solidified and very um practical definition of who you are um which then obviously like we've all continued to say shapes everything that you do. Yeah. And so, you know, when I have a proper definition of our relationship um, and what he's called me, then like I can ultimately like walk in like freedom and um, yeah. like my future. Yeah, that's so good. I think like one thing I've been thinking about is, is the type of language that God uses to talk about his relationship with us, like father, friend, husband, <laughs> maker, like all of these things, because I think that helps me understand who I am. And the one thing I think is so cool is like, you know, in like a healthy relationship with the father, like the love and the emotions and the feelings that come with that, but his love and emotions are like unhindered from sin. So there's no brokenness in his feelings towards you and his heart for you. And like, um, that, like, I, like you said, I am like a daughter of the King. So even if I become like, even though I'm a friend, I'm a daughter, I'm a sister right now, if I become a wife, like you think about all these titles we give ourselves mm-hmm. throughout life as we get older. But the one thing that always remains the same is like, I'm a, do- I'm a child of God. And yes. like that, like he has made me enough for what he's done for me mm-hmm. instead of like, um, all, all the lies I think that the enemy can throw at you of like, you are like, um, you will always be so broken and, and you will always be like not enough. You will always be this, that, whatever, whatever, like the negative, like, f- like lies that you think of, because I'm learning that there's like no neutral, like thought when it comes to this battle. It's like, Oh, I'm just being hard on myself. It's like, no, you're believing lies right. that are being planted by the enemy. Mm-hmm. And that's going to play out on how you live your life versus like, I'm beloved. I'm precious. I'm chosen. You know, I'm an image bearer. I'm like all these things. And it's like, you constantly like, I constantly feel like I have to remind myself because it's so easy to go throughout your day and not, like, you know, and get so, and so, so broken down. Because if you think about it, like, the Bible uses kind of strong language of, like, the enemy comes to steal, kill, and destroy. Like, Mm -hmm. those are some strong words. And so he's going to, like, plant those little, like, seeds of, like, no, you're not really that precious. Or, no, you're not really that valuable. And, like, you don't think anything of it until, like, you realize, like, you wake up one day and you're like, how did I get to this point? Exactly. And I felt like I had like this point like last year where I was like, what am I doing? Like, why? how did I get to this point? It's because like, I wasn't believing. And you guys had a really good podcast episode about like sin being rooted in disbelief and mm-hmm. stuff and our perspective of God and ourselves. And so I'll link in the description with that one because I think that can sort of tie into this conversation. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's it's like, what are we choosing to believe? And it's like, we really need to like get get into the word and and ask the spirit to like help us believe that and help us live into that and give us strength to 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 value that. And stuff. So like, what would you say to the person listening to this who's maybe struggling with 
with having an identity crisis or just wrestling like what would be your kind of parting words of encouragement to this to this person um i think personally i even know people like personally who are coming to me with uh, asking for advice on this topic and they and really it they're really specifically asking on like what their purpose is and 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 what they need to do because like as we're coming out of this transition like out of high school out of college like that's the big question like who like what is my purpose and like the the importance of the conversations your purpose is will come once you realize who you are and i think um i think about it like this like have you ever gotten like in your car and started driving and you were waiting for someone to send you an address right but you didn't Mm -hmm. have the address Mm -hmm. so you're kind of just like driving around aimlessly like you know driving down random streets going places you shouldn't be you know but it's like when you got that address it's like you knew where you were going and i think that in this context of this conversation that address is finding out who you are and once you put that address in it's like you you know where you're going you're no longer just Mm -hmm. aimlessly just living and like doing anything so yeah that's uh that's my advice to people out there who are going through that transition like if you want to figure out what your purpose is you have to figure Mm -hmm. out who you are um and who you are is who god says you are um the only thing that can set the definition of the creation is the creator Mm -hmm. like we said earlier so yeah yeah and i'd also say that um i think this ties into a bit of what we mentioned before but i believe that everyone's looking Mm -hmm. for god they just don't know it's him they're looking for and so advice that I would leave to, um, I mean, young adults or, like, anyone listening is that, um, like, really, you have to think about and analyze and be real with yourself on, like, who has your life? Who who are you putting, you know I mean, your life upon? Like, who, who has, I mean, mm-hmm. your heart? Who has your future? Who has your plans? Who has the security that you're... Um, banking like everything on is it your job is it the security of a degree is it the security of a position um, of a relationship of a family member and ask yourself like you know is this something that is a firm foundation or sinking sand so yeah I would say that just put your life on the firm foundation we we just got back from a conference um, Passion Me and Jordan did yeah. and they had been uh, singing this song it's called Firm Foundation by Maverick City yeah. mm-hmm. and uh, it just has really hit home and so I guess that's probably why like this sentiment is just ringing in my ear um, the past few days and really like the past few months uh, it's just because at the end of the day all life is um, is to know him and um, at the end of the day if you have that if you have that pursuit of knowing him and seeking who he is, everything else will fall into place. Your identity, your future, what you want out of life, your peace, comfort, love, joy, all of that will come as you continue to seek him um, and figure out his character and who he is. So that's what Amen. I would say. Amen. Yeah. Yeah, I would just, I would encourage the people listening to remember that um, God doesn't love some future version of you. He loves you right now in yeah. your brokenness and in your figuring out your identity and in your, you know, it's a process. I think that that's what we can end on is like, this whole thing of like meditating on who God says you are, disco- like discovering who God is, like it's all this process. It's not like one day you're going to magically wake up and, and fully feel and experience right. it, but allowing yourself to, to press into to, to what we've been talking about and all the amazing uh, words of wisdom from Darren and Jordan. Um, I was joking earlier when we were talking, they're like the king of one-liners when it comes to... <laughs> there was like 10 of them already when I you guys know, were talking. I'm like, that's that. a snippet. Like, oh, that's... <laughs> That's on TikTok. Just, that's going on TikTok. Yeah, <laughs> just so wise, so wise. Yeah. Um, 
thank you guys again for for being on the show. I just really appreciate it. You guys, please check out their podcast, Just Different. Um, you can follow them on Instagram, TikTok. You guys are probably on Twitter, all the social media. I'll, I'll link it all in the description. Don't worry. Um, you guys definitely need to check it out. They have some awesome conversations. And you guys release weekly, right? You guys are pretty, yes, every Thursday. Consistently. Yep. Every Thursday, check them out. Um, thank you so much for listening to Soul Things Podcast. Um, please check me out on Instagram as well. Soul underscore things underscore podcast. I release new episodes every Friday. And we talk about the hard spaces that exist in young adulthood and uh, yeah, thank you so much for listening. Um, remember, even in hard spaces, it's great to Bye, guys.